Hey, theater people, Patrick here. Just a reminder to check out my other podcast, Broadway Backstory. Broadway Backstory is a documentary-style podcast in which each episode finds out how a show develops from an idea to a full production. We do this by talking to just about everyone involved in the show. The director, the writers, producers, designers, actors, and more. And we get there sometimes hilarious, sometimes sad, sometimes just bizarre, I'm looking at you, Jeremy Jordan, stories. The episodes are fun and fast-paced, and if I do say so myself, and my husband tells me, really well edited and produced. Right now, we're just about halfway through season two with episodes about Hamilton that Lin-Manuel Miranda both approved and loved. This season, we're also covering Bonnie and Clyde, Great Comet, The Light in the Piazza, Come From Away, and Kinky Boots. You can find Broadway Backstory wherever you get your podcasts. And you can check out the website, todaytix.com slash broadwaybackstory, to stream episodes and check out the full, unedited interviews with some of the people we featured. Today's episode is brought to you by BroadwayCon 2018. Tickets are now on sale and have never been less expensive. You can find information and tickets at broadwaycon.com. And stick around at the end of this episode for a special BroadwayCon-themed message. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Hines. Or should I say, Patrick Hines. You guys, I cannot believe that Mike and I got to spend an hour with today's guest, Helena York. Do you want to hear something super fancy? So I've been trying to get in touch with Helena for maybe a year and a half. And I finally just put something on Facebook that was like, do I know anyone who can connect me with Helena York? And you know who chimed in and said she'd do it? But Nancy, how fancy is that? Anyway, I first discovered Helena a few years ago when I saw her as Olive in Bullets Over Broadway. I loved that show. And to say that she was a standout would be the understatement of the century. I was just obsessed with her. I couldn't believe how much I loved her. And then, you guys, Jesus decided that the musical American Psycho should come to Broadway. I was skeptical, but I think as most of you know, I was quickly obsessed. And I was obsessed mostly because of Helena as Evelyn. You guys, I don't know how to explain how much I loved Helena's performance. I really don't have words for it. It is for sure, without a doubt, my absolute most favorite comedic performance I have ever seen in anything. And this poor woman, it took me literally 20 minutes to calm down when I finally got a chance to talk to her about it. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Here's our conversation. Helena York, welcome to the Theater People Podcast. Your dream. We. I've been talking about this for years and years and years. I said to Mike when he showed up, I'm like, you know that I'm obsessed with her. Like I'm obsessed with her, and this is going to be crazy. I like. But here's the thing that I don't get. Like I understand being obsessed with Julia Murney. (laughs) Well, she's amazing. Well, Well, of course. Like, Julia Murney or Benanti or, like, Kelly O'Hara was somebody that I worked with recently that I, for the first three days, you know, just sort of giggled around her How was she to work with? I mean, she's, like, an absolute heavenly angel. Yeah, yeah. Because not only is she so lovely and talented, she's also really funny. Yeah. Generous and kind and, like... I don't know. She, there's just not a bitchy bone in her body, uh-huh. and, but she still pulls off being really funny. I can't. I can't talk about. It. I can't even. I was, <laughs> I was t- sorry. And this is another one that I'll just drop right now. I was texting with Kelly this summer, and I was like, and I literally texted somebody, and I was like, I'm texting with Kelly O'Hara right now, and they were like, I don't get it, and I was like, you wouldn't. <laughs> 
You that girl from Sex in the City too. Right. I don't even remember that she was in that. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? The pajama game. <laughs> okay. I I don't know where to begin. I'm already disarmed because you're <laughs> completely different than I imagined you to be. I imagined that you are Evelyn in your daily life. A lot of people every think day. that I'm going to be that person. I mean, I really make a living being really snarky. <laughs> or like Olive. Like I, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of parallels between Evelyn and Olive. And oh, I think okay. that like... I just imagined you to like show or even in the email that you wrote to me where you're like, I'm going to the Hamptons for the rest of the summer, like the boozy bitch, the bougie bitch that I am. And I was like screaming. I was like showing it to my husband. I was like, look how fabulous she is. And I just imagine you to be like just diva all the time. No. No. Okay, let's start. My at the brothers beginning. would disagree. They'd really? Be like, He's right. <laughs> How many brothers? My brothers. Have? I have two. Anyway, sorry. You want to start somewhere else? Though. So, are you Canadian? Yes. You grew up in Canada. No, I was born in Vancouver. My family is from Winnipeg. Okay. And I grew up in Los Angeles. Mostly, oh. But I also lived in Atlanta and Minneapolis. We moved around a lot. I wasn't an army brat. My dad sold software. He's like a very big giant personality and person he's got natural (laughs) curly blonde hair yes he is um so much more than you would ever want a person to be but in that is like the greatest piece of my genetic makeup wow so we moved around a lot but i grew up in la you got into performing via dance yes gosh you really like did research on me and then i left my notes at home oh my god Bad queen. <laughs> it's all from memory. Patrick left his notes at home. Um, <laughs> part of me was wondering, does he just want me to come in to do it? Uh, because I get requests all the time, and it's like the one dance monkey dance I'll do because it it makes me laugh so much in my own heart and, and soul. Um, <laughs> when we get there, I have so many questions. <laughs> but you know my dream is for it to be my ringtone. That is <laughs> well, my dream. Well, we'll have to record it. <laughs> yes. Um so, uh, yeah, so I, when I was three, started ballet class, like every little three-year-old girl does, but just really stuck with it, and then took an acting class in middle school when we were, we had just moved back to L.A. from Minneapolis, and I was like, oh, I really like doing this. You did, like, a non-professional acting through your growing up years? Not, no. Uh, well, non-professional, you mean, like, through high school and stuff? Yeah, like, yes. community stuff. Just yes, like- and I never did any professional acting until, like, music theater of witches. Wow. When I was a, a right after my sophomore year in college. And so, you know, I I did like, you know, the Joffrey ballet, but because, you know, right. I needed to I needed to be a party girl and put that under my belt. You know what I mean? Like that was crucial for my development as a performer. Yes. I mean, I would be nothing without that. I, I feel don't like think. you've really leaned on that in the in the last few years. Yeah, like it was a party girl and then I was on I was in a snow thing and my mother told me that it was because I literally could not handle these bitches. They could not keep count. Really? And so I was the ones and they said you can keep count because the music is so loud they won't hear you. But what I didn't take into account was the fact that you could see my lips moving. So there's this bitch out front going one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two. And like my mom told me my mouth was moving and I've never been so devastated. I was like, I was garbage. How old were you? I, I, let's say 10. <laughs> devastated. It's a good place to start. I was start. like, I was garbage. But it really set me up for like being able to handle Brantley reviews and things yeah. like that. <laughs> 
that queen. He loves me. Uh, he does not love me. <laughs> does, has he said bad, mean things about you? Not mean things, but I don't know. Are you okay in life in the world? Are you the kind of person who is somebody's cup of tea or not? Yes. Yeah, you are so my cup of tea. <laughs> I am often a homo's cup of tea. I was going to ask you if every gay man in the world is just like so obsessed with you. I mean, I think so. I did meet a gay man once and have always thought that I would yeah. be a gay man's cup of tea. And I was just so boisterous about it that he left later and told my friend that I was homophobic. And I was like, <laughs> I'm homophobic? Is he joking? What, was this a college age? No, this was as an adult while I was doing Bullets Over Broadway. And I like met a gay man and I was like, you're obsessed with me, right? <laughs> And I like, and I think the fact that I like pointed out that he was gay, I was then homophobic, and I still bring it up to this friend. She's like, Helena, you need to get over that. That was the not. The first time I met you, you're not going to remember this. I was in Jen Damiano's dressing room. What a cunt. <laughs> and I was so excited to interview her. And. Jen, if you're listening, I love you, and I was so happy to interview you, but I was I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, Helena, Helena's dressing room is right there. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because I'd already seen American Psycho once. I was totally obsessed with it. You came in. You just opened the door without knocking. You came in, and Jen turns around, and she, Jen goes, oh, right. Can I – I'm going to come and talk to you about that in one second. Like, you hadn't said anything. And you go, whatever, Jen. And she slammed the door. And I was like, my queen. <laughs> Um, uh, you went to the University of Michigan. Yeah, with, by the way, do you know who I graduated with? Well, every, like every Keenan Bolger. I didn't, well, <laughs> one of them. <laughs> uh, Andrew was, Andrew Keenan Bolger was my roommate for two years in college. Are you serious? I'm very serious. And, you know, we were on our sagging futon that, like, couldn't keep its act together, (laughs) eating carrots dipped in mustard because I was, like, positive I needed to be so so thin. And watching, you know, Ina Garten until, Uh you know, four in the afternoon and then, like, drinking a lot and going to sleep. Yes. Um, But so Andrew was my college roommate. I went to – and we were in a group of friends and it was, like, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul were our best friends. And then Jake Wilson, who's now doing all of his – amazing things and Danny Spieler who's like a a, a dancer yep. Broadway queen extraordinaire and Courtney Wolfson oh, I love and her. Dave Hall who's now a regular on um, My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend uh-huh. um, Nina Sturtz who's the, maybe like the greatest belter of all time um, so these were these were the people I went to that I, I mean, graduated with it's totally like you hear the stories about University of Michigan and Carnegie Mellon those are the ones that have like the classes where everybody's like Originating all the roles in Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, I, so this is something I auditioned for seven colleges and I, cause I, I knew that I wanted to go to school for theater and for musical theater more specifically. And I got rejected from everywhere until April 1st, Boston Conservatory of Michigan. We're like, eh, we'll take you. <laughs> Where else did you apply? I applied to UCLA, Carnegie Mellon, um, Cincinnati. Uh, I also applied to, Oh, God. You know. Yeah, the usual. NYU. Uh-huh. Every, nobody wanted me. And even Michigan was like, we don't know. We'll let you know in April. And I was like, what do you mean you'll let me know in April? <laughs> um, How did you decide there over Boston Conservatory? Uh, I wanted to go to college. Yeah. Like, I went to college. And yeah. I'm so glad that was a decision I make because I think so much of where you go has, has a lot to do with faculty and what the program has to offer you. And looking at those things is really important when you're making a decision of where to go to school. But also, 
you're going to school with people and uh-huh. that is where I think you gain the most are the people that are around you in your class Couldn't older than you more. that you look yeah. up to um all of that is what inspires you like I was listening to you talk to Julia Murney about <laughs> um stage door manner and I think that that was a place and I went to summer theater programs also where yeah. you were like I want to be just like that person mm-hmm. that's been coming here for two years or you know whatever and I think Getting inspired by that kind of community and vibe and having, you know, Andrew Keenan Bolger, your gay roommate at home, like <laughs> helping you with your performance class piece, uh-huh. you know, and helping him with his like circus McGurkis um, <laughs> audition for Susical when he was like so committed to being, you know, and it, and that was what. I th- that's where I think I learned the most. Yeah, I I loved college too. I went. I went to college with a bunch of people who are on Broadway now. Like yeah. Miguel Cervantes was with us in college, yeah. Ellen Marsh. But what our, school did you go to? Emerson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you apply? Uh no, I you didn't apply to Emerson. I, I I was going to apply to Emerson, but my mom said apply to Michigan instead. Oh yeah. I was almost did not apply to Michigan. I mean Emerson, you just put Emerson in very good company. <laughs> I don't know. Like, my friend Dante Russo went to Emerson. A lot of, like, super talented people. College is Very what you clever. Make it. Yeah, totally. I completely agree with that. I, and I would just say that if you don't get into one of these, like, dream programs, yeah. it doesn't mean that your life is going to be some sort of a failure because no. you can make it whatever you want your experience to And so to many be people come to New York and, and, like, did not do well in college or didn't get into the program and are stars on Broadway now. No, I you thought know? I was going to be, like, basically a dancer and a dramatic actress, and that is not the path that my yeah. life took at all. I cannot believe, number one, that you're here. Number two, you're so different. You're like just like a regular fabulous person. <laughs> you're just not what I expected at when all. What did you think I would roll up here and be like, I only have five minutes? <laughs> like, what, the, what did you think like, was going to happen? Like that you had thought you had sent an email with the kind of martini that would be waiting because, of course, you day drink because you're fabulous. I am day drinking after this. <laughs> But you're just so like you're just like a you're just like a w- regular wonderful you're not like a character. It's, no, I'm, I just imagine <laughs> you to be like a character. I'm actually so flattered by that because it means my characters have meant something to you. I mean, and have had that have been impactful and like juicy. I gotta say, like I, you know, <laughs> I grew up in the gay community, so like I've loved what? divas and I, yeah, my mom's a lesbian. No, I was gonna say like I'm surprised that you're gay. I'm not. Well, my <laughs> wife is gonna be so mad. <laughs> no, right, I'm the gayest, but I. I am well trained for like the kind of like women that I like look at and I'm like, oh my, and it doesn't happen all the time. But I remember going to see Bullet Over Broadway, which I heard wasn't good, which was fucking great. It was so it great. was so it was it was so great. It I was know. so great. And you know who told me it wasn't good? Brantley. That's who doesn't like me. Everybody else loved that. Show. I think his review of me was mm, she was OK at first and then it just went down. I have hill. never stopped talking. <laughs> and about I was you like, since fuck that you. Day. I was a genius. <laughs> I the second I saw you I was just like oh my god like it was like it was like oh. my little gay heart broke open well you know when somebody screams pussy at you re- repeatedly <laughs> you feel connected to that I guess that's it. true that's very true yeah. um okay you moved to New York right after school yeah and you did a lot of like off-Broadway stuff uh no I did Walmartopia which was Walmartopia right and that's where I met people that are like still very close to me today so Pearl Sun mm-hmm. Nikki James oh my god um, Nikki James yeah I mean come on I know uh, death outrage death by talent outrageous yeah. <laughs> and beauty and like she's yeah. just like she works out but I'm like why that's just your body um because she like it's fun for her she's like it's good for me and yeah. I'm like oh I hate you and everything that you stand for which is like joy and talent and, kindness like, kindness yeah Blah. whatever Nikki. um and you have a Tony. Right. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so I did Walmartopia, and then I did, uh, oh my God, and then I did... What was the show with The Atlantic? Oh my God, What's That Smell? The Music of Jacob Sterling. Yes, what a weird title. It was weird, but it was so funny and genius. It was David Patu um, had written this show, and um, oh God, who... Uh, and it was like a story of his music, like his songbook, and he was doing his own songbook. It was this whole like faux, egotistical, whatever. It was fantastic. Oh yeah, and uh, and then I did like Grease on Broadway. Right. When did you do the tours? You did the the I high, did school high School Musical. musical. I did Wicked. High School. I'm sorry. So I'm trying to think of like the stages of my life. Yeah. So I did because we're going back now. I know, and I have it all <laughs> in my paper, which it's, is on my desk. It's been not you know, it's been ten years, which is so bonkers. <laughs> so I did. Uh, I did. I did. Um, I did Walmartopia off Broadway at the Manetta Lane Theater for like sometimes five people. Yeah. Uh, which is an, an experience that everybody needs to have. Um, yeah. And then I did the high school musical tour and then I did Grease on Broadway. And then Grease on Broadway closed when everything closed. Do you oh, remember that yeah. in 2008 yeah. when the yeah. bottom dropped out? Yeah. And then, um, but had just booked the Wicked tour. Went on tour with Wicked for a year. Came back. As Galinda. As Galinda. Did... Um, bring it on the musical at the Atlantic, br- not the Atlantic, not the Atlantic. What is it? The, Georgia in in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. broke my Alliance. ankle. <laughs> Alliance. Thank you. Broke my ankle the n- night before starting tech rehearsals. Went back to LA and was like, I should try to do television. And then s- slaved at trying to do that for a long time, and so do that a lot now. Yeah, and um, and then get to do theater as well. It's honestly. I mean, my oh, proudest thing. <laughs> your career is incredible. Oh. <laughs> when you booked Greece, who, first of all, you're making your Broadway debut as Marty. Yes. And which, like, you're making your Broadway debut, like, in a, in a, like, a lead role. Being a dumb whore. Yeah, of course. Thank God. Yeah, as usual. Yeah. <laughs> How first of all, who was in the who was in the production at that time? Was it all the original people? Uh, no, it was. This was like the Laura Osnes one, right? Yep. But uh, at that point, it was Ashley and Ashley. Oh, Helena. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Lindsay Mendez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cannot sing? It's that so poor girl hard for needs her. To just stop like no, the pavement. Seriously, it's like, like girl. she's just reaching for those. Who can't quite I know, get them. I know. I know. I know. Oh my god! I wish my voice was like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, no, it wasn't. And it was almost like the entire cast had flipped over and become other people. Janine DeVita, who I'd gone to college with, was playing um, um, Rizzo at the time. Anyway, and, you know, it's one of those things where I like I think making your Broadway debut is, some, is something that is just not lost on you. Yeah. Doing a Broadway show. And, and I hope and I think that even people that have real careers <laughs> like mine <laughs> would also agree to this is that like the, there's not a day you walk through a stage door of a Broadway theater and a cast that you're in and sign in on a sign in sheet and not think like, oh, my God, I'm on Broadway. <laughs> do you know what that, I mean? Like I, love I tricked I love them. I tricked them into letting totally. me do this. Yeah. Because, you know. If you want to do Broadway, you grew up wanting to do Broadway. Nobody, mm-hmm. it, it's, I have met a couple people that like accidentally fall into it and you're like, I'm going to kill you. You I don't, know. do it's you like know? straight white guys that ha- that, that happens They're to. like, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, I'll try that. And then like completely <laughs> succeed because they have this blase like, Because there's you know, six of them. Yeah. yeah, there's six of them and they get like 45 blowjobs a day totally. from like 45 <laughs> different people and they just walk up and they're like... Yeah, Broadway. That's cool. And you're like, <laughs> it is cool. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about bullets over Broadway. Is there someone here who give a girl a hand? I'm looking for the guy who runs the hot lunch stand. He's usually here around half past three. 
hungry girl, you see? Yes. That How? was easily probably for me in my personal life and in my heart. Yeah. One of the most major things that had ever happened to me was doing that show. 2014, right? Sure. How did, <laughs> how did you book it? Like, what was that process? Let me just say first that I worship Susan Stroman, yeah. as I think everybody should. And I went to go see the producers when I was 16 years old. And I sat in the front row of the mezzanine with my father to see that show at the St. James Theater. So doing that with Susan, yeah. with her collaboration with Woody Allen, and my dad sat in those same seats at that opening night is Wow. Easily one of the greatest aha moments of my entire life. That is a great story. So I'll just say that first. So I got it because auditioning for musical, as I'm sure people on this podcast have talked about, is the most labor intensive thing you could yeah. ever possibly do as a human being. They hand you 25 pages. You learn two songs. You learn two scenes. Sometimes you have to have other music prepared. Um, they make you go through the ringer because, and this is, everybody on Broadway knows how to do everything uh-huh. and <laughs> needs uh-huh. to prove it every time. <laughs> so, you know, Susan's the kind of person that you audition for and you walk in and she gets up from behind the table and shakes your hand. And, you know, and I, I got that job. I don't know. I How still, many auditions did you go through? Three. And were they, did regular? you have to like sing, dance, act? Yeah, but I did a reading. I I auditioned to do the reading. So I had done the reading and was paralyzed with fear because all I wanted them to do was ask me to do the production. Uh So I did the reading, which was then what happened. So I did the, I auditioned and did the reading um, with a a lot of, like Zach Braff did the reading. What's amazing about working with Susan is that she um, hires actors that she trusts and is excited about working with. And so... You are just allowed to be the biggest asshole in rehearsal. And then she she tailors around you. She, like, helps chisel away the muck well, cause is I what feel it feels like, like. She's amazing. For Olive, I mean, number one, it's a, an already iconic character. Yeah. Right? And you, you – I'm just curious about how you were able to – Go and put your own spin on it and have the confidence to figure it out and to, like, do your – because it was so different. It was just different. Um, You know, I think Jen Tilly is, like, one of the funniest For people sure. ever. That's what her voice actually sounds like. <laughs> right. um, and, and it works in a cinematic way, but I felt like for stage, that character really needed to – make you want to kill her because she gets killed. She ends music. She's murdered. Right. And that was why when I when people would be like, oh, she's so annoying, I was like, yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> did you ever have moments of like, did you feel like I'm nailing this or like I am not nailing this? Yes, of course. And I think that that's what I love about doing comedies, that you wiggle around in yeah. it all the time. And so if you play a character for long enough, too, you'll find a joke that really works. And then you'll push it so hard that it stops working. Uh-huh. And then you figure out how to make it work again. Or you have something that you know is funny that you try to figure out for so long. Even in running the show, even after your opening, you know that this joke is funny and it never gets a laugh. And you you like, ugh. There was uh, the one in American Psycho that I can think of off the top of my head was when she goes um he goes uh, uh, i said We're, I'll, I'll book us a helicopter and he goes uh, i'll book us uh, something he goes, uh, you know to get to the hampton i was like well what would you have us do patrick take a volvo <laughs> yeah. and nobody laughed at that i did and so i started doing this thing i was like what would you have us do take a volvo <laughs> did it I, work yes and it worked and i but it took me 
like a month to figure this out. I was like, how the fuck do you people not think it's hilarious that she would think like what like what drive? You know what I mean? This is who I was expecting. By yeah, the way. and so you know, and so that's what I loved, and like I loved that character. And I'm sorry if you. I'll get material and like I you know we all go on auditions a thousand times a day and we all try things whether or not we think we're right or not but I I've got I I feel now that I'll get something and I'll read it and I'll be like I have to do this and uh-huh. it's the most terrifying thing on the planet to be faced with the material and be like fuck like yeah. uh, to, to sing TV a hot theater? dog song with Susan Stroman <laughs> like yes. god damn it yep. I have to do this hey you guys I wanted to tell you about another podcast I'm totally obsessed with. It's called HGTV and Me. It's produced and hosted by my literal podcast hero, Rebecca Lavoie. Rebecca is maybe best known for producing and co-hosting the Crime Writers On podcast and as a co-host of Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting. But HGTV and Me is something completely different. It's a podcast all about everything weird and wonderful on everyone's favorite DIY network, HGTV. Rebecca watches a lot of HGTV and she has a lot to say about it. And it's all hilarious. For the podcast, she'll be chatting with friends and other HGTV addicts, and I'm obsessed with it. So we're watching the episode, New York Bed and Breakfast Owners Go Tiny with Her Teenage Son. That sounds promising. (laughs) (laughs) That I am still amazed that people who want a tiny house will walk in, and the first thing they'll complain about is how small it is. (laughs) 100% of the time. This is so small. It's a tiny house. You're on a show called Tiny Tiny Houses. It's not a bait and switch. Uh, did you hear Steve and me in there? That's right, you guys. Steve and I are joining Rebecca on this adventure. And in each episode, there'll be a segment a few minutes long of Steve and me watching an HGTV show and providing our brilliant and uproarious observations. So find HGTV wherever you get your podcasts and check them out at HGTVpodcast.com. When I go in for a musical, because it is such a thing, I get a coach. I work on uh-huh. it in a room. I want to go in feeling like I know that I'll walk out and feel good about it. Because when you go in and bomb a musical audition, nothing feels like a bigger fall on your face. Because mm-hmm. if you bomb a TV audition, you're like, eh, that was four pages. I'll move on and do the next thing. But, uh, you know, songs and yeah. it's so presentational and you're standing in front of a room of people. I always want to be completely on it. I, I memorize sides and I try to stay open, which is how I work. I try not to get too planny about my beats and things like that because I like to feel free, but I try to be like on it Yeah, because I want to walk out feeling like I, I, I have a chance at getting this. Do you, since you have done um, American Psycho and Bullet Over Broadway, have you gone in, do you only go in for principles, I'm assuming? Yes. Do you, have you gone in for stuff that you haven't gotten? Yes. I can't imagine it. Sorry, I just had to say that for all of us. <laughs> um, but like things that, you know, looking back, I'm not surprised I didn't get. Like I didn't get Godspell and Danny Goldstein is a friend of mine. Uh-huh. But of course I didn't get Godspell. I don't – I've gone in for ingenues in the past and like what was I doing? You did for, for a year. That's not an ingenue. It's not? No. Uh, she does that popular song. I guess that's true. <laughs> She's like all over the place. Um, but uh, – you know, like anything that like 
the brilliant Laura Osnes can yeah. do, if I go in for that, I'm garbage. Because <laughs> also my voice is too much of like, they're just two giant hams banging into each other now. <laughs> like literally I'll go in for something that's an ingenue thing and it'll require some kind of a mix and a little like you can hear me flip over. It's like, huh? <laughs> Like trying to be a lady and just not succeeding. Well, on that front, I have waited my whole life to talk to you about American Psycho. It's a really big birthday for Patrick Courtney, so thank you for helping me co-host. Anything for you, Evelyn. And that outfit, to die for. And it's perfectly complemented by the menu I've selected. I'll have blackened chard, mahi, mahi. It works so well. People should ask me questions. And yeah. That's what people want to know about. Yeah. And I love it. Well, just to say, because, you know, I, my big thing is that after earlier parts of my career, I really wanted to do things that felt original. And so uh-huh. I did Bullets Over Broadway, which, as I just said, was such a, a, a personal joy and conquest. And I was so proud of that. And I'm so proud of having been in it. And then when it came to, I was, you know, faced with other auditions, I said, I want to do something totally different. And I got the material for American Psycho. And I was like, that's different. <laughs> when you saw it I was like what is this I was like a musical and then I heard Duncan's music and I was like I kind of love this I know and I know I went and I did the I did the lab and I played Courtney I played you the did friend. yes because I was like I want to know what this is like because uh-huh. I really wanted to play Evelyn but they they had Zasha Mamet played Evelyn in what the and she is so great. I bet she was hilarious. She's hilarious and she is so great. And I still run into her and like I'm a huge fan. Anyway, so um, but just to get a sense of what it was. And it, it's weird. It was weird. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Um, Had it already run in London when you yes, guys? Yes. And okay. it was like at this massive cult success in London at the Almeida, which I went to recently on a trip to London and saw Hamlet there. And uh-huh. it's this really cool small theater. If you ever go to London, go to the Almeida. And Rupert Gould is the artistic director director ah. there. And so he directed and he came over and directed it here. Um, anyway, I, you know, and Roberto's book was so fun because it these are very monotone characters. Yes. So they hired me and I, I basically said, are you sure? <laughs> How did you go from Courtney to Evelyn? Um, if... I think that if you're in a room with me and you you want to give it a go, <laughs> you're like, let's see what this bitch will do with it. So that's why I sort of feel like that's my answer. I was excited that they asked me to do it because I was like, you know who you're getting. Uh-huh. You're getting a lunatic who's going to take, you know, but you something. Perfection. Oh, my God. Thank perfection. you. Perfection. Like, my I mean, little I, gay head wants to blow off my shoulders. Yeah. Like, I have to be reined in so much and so often. <laughs> I would almost give anything to see the rehearsal tapes. Like, you going too far would be a oh, dream. constantly, Rupert, like, yes, Helena. Uh, <laughs> can you just not do that? That's, That's not, not a direction. Like, he's like, Ugh. And I was like, no, I'm doing it. It makes sense and it's working. 
It's like horrible. Nobody's going to work with me now after this. Um, how was, oh my God, I'm going to forget his name. How was Ben, ben Walker? Walker? I, I, did, you, did you see Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson? I did. Okay, because I... I went to see that and I was like, this is just one of the greatest actors I've ever seen do anything. That man has such balls and like is just out there. I mean, and watching him do this, I mean, that show was him. Yeah, yeah. He literally bled for that show. Fake blood and real blood. Yeah. You know, he put his body through craziness. Watching him do that and, 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 and mine that character was so amazing. And I have so much gigantic respect for him. And I cannot wait I to used see to what say he does he next. He was doing, you guys were all doing American Psycho and he was doing Hamlet. What Ben Walker was doing, like what, what literally I, you watch him go through as a performer, as an audience member, yeah. was. I literally was like, you. he cannot be asked to do that eight times a week. The way that he was like elephant manning, contorting his body in the second act, basically naked for the whole thing. Like, it was... Absolutely it bonkers. Was in, I, I remember when that show was... heard. I heard that it was coming to Broadway. And, and, and I... I think that Duncan Sheik can't do anything wrong. Like, I think everything he does is perfect. He's pretty great. Yeah. and But I was so concerned about it because I loved the book. But the book is so – and I love the movie. And it's – the tone of it was so specific that I was like, how are they going to translate that to Broadway? And right. then I went to see it kind of like with my arms crossed. Sure. And within five seconds – when you guys – do, what, what's the big first number that the ladies do? Oh. Um, you are what you wear. You are what you wear. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain what what it was like to watch that for the first time. How like in all seriousness, like I'm a fan, but I'm going to try to talk like a like a like a human man. <laughs> like it was, it was almost as though I have never and will never see anything more perfect on stage ever in my life. You know, I think that the, for me, I think that something that has always struck me about because I hadn't read the book when I went in for it, but something that always struck me about the film was the comedy in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought mining that story for what about it was funny and made you laugh and feel weird about what you were laughing about was really the thing about it that was going to grab people and Mm -hmm. make them love it or hate it. Because people with that show that was so interesting either came back from it like, that is the most interesting, great thing I've ever seen, or were like, I hated literally yeah. everything about that. <laughs> yeah. And and in that, I, sw- I love that. And what is interesting about making it and why it was so amazing that they did is that American Psycho the book and American Psycho the movie did not become successes until later – much later after they had been put out there. And so a musical doesn't have time to become a cult success. Right. So it has to have an audience going to see it. And so while, yeah, we would maybe have gotten those that, that audience later, you know, keeping something that culty up was going to be hard. Yeah. Um, but the impact that it had on people, to me and to us, was so unbelievable. And we would go to days and be tired. And just as going back to Ben, we would go to work on days and be like, I can't, like this is so hard to do this. But we all – because we were a small group. We just collectively agreed that we were going to be there for Ben. Uh-huh. All of us were just about being there for Ben. Ben never called out. All of us were suck. We're just like, we were committed to supporting that guy. Wow. Do that show and supporting one another. And that was, and, and I got asked a couple questions about like, who's your favorite person that you worked with on that show? And I have to say, that cast um, did an amazing job of being such an, like a, a tight ensemble because as an ensemble, they became 
we all became its own character. Uh-huh. I think it all just became something that we were all in together. It's funny because I think about like was it the Christmas party scene where they had the two turntables and yeah, the ensemble and we're all doing those poses and would stuff. be I mean, those and, it and was that was like, stuff that people had made up on their own and it was so weird and perfect. Yes, and you it's know? like Theo Stockman, for example, I think is one of the funniest, most creative people on the planet, and he came up with like I don't know the human centipede or something <laughs> that was going on. I mean, you know. It again. It, it it wasn't for everybody, but to me, I think, and and my process with it was, it it has to be funny. Yeah, well, you, you have also- to have something that you can look at and laugh at. Yeah, I got to ask her this from her perspective. I wonder what it was like from your perspective to work with a bona fide, crazy, but like legendary actress, Alice Ripley. Like to get to like to. It was hard to like talk to her about it because she didn't understand Honestly, why it I was just weird. wish Alice we all need more Alice. Yeah, yes, yes. When when she first of all, her performance was just incredible. Yeah. And but it is it was weird to see her in background in in some moments. You yeah, know? but the thing about Alice Ripley that was so unbelievable was that she was so game and wanted to be in all of those That's things. That's what I mean. So like when I There was, was that scene with all the bodies rolling around on the stage. She was originally in that and going to be in a <laughs> in a nude bodysuit covered in blood. Did somebody have to be like and we're somebody, not doing that and to Alice Ripley? I, I think it was like us collecting we're like you can't put Alice Ripley in this. She's Somebody Alice told Ripley. me it could because the Jen. audience, the the American audience, would be like, "That's Alice Ripley." <laughs> right. That would be the only thing they could think about. Not like a bunch of dead bodies. They'd be like, "Is that Alice Ripley?" <laughs> Somebody told me a story about when they were trying to figure out Alice's entrance that she was like on the because she was like the yes. the lady in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said that you said the first time they did that they're like, now that's how a Tony Award winner makes an entrance or something like that. Something she needed like a Beyonce entrance, yeah. which she got because there was an elevator. Then I'm like, when else did we even use that? Like you don't need it for mm-hmm. anything else than mm-hmm. raising Ripley from the bottom of the stage. <laughs> I mean, you know. Because I am obsessed, I have to just ask you, like, one more time. How, where, where did the character come from? Like, is she, is she, is is she easy for you to access? Or did you have to, like, figure out how to be her? I had to figure out how to be her. Because as I said, I did Bullets Over, I I play a lot of whiny, dumb, hoary, you know, <laughs> just people that you love to hate. I hope you love to hate yeah. or you just hate to hate, whatever. <laughs> but um, it was it was hard to figure it out because a lot of what was there or that you saw wasn't there on the page. Uh-huh. And so it was how – who is this person in this world and what does she represent? And I think she represents that girl that you see at the nail salon – that is like, you know, wearing those Gucci slides with the buckle on top of it and like <laughs> talking in vocal fry on her cell phone. I mean, you know, there's mad respect for these girls, but they're out there and they exist. And I wanted to and and, and with love and tribute, <laughs> tried to do them some justice um, where, you know, I think with that, I think I found that like the smallest things mattered so much to her. Um, and then the thing that is very uh, deep that matters to a lot of women is getting married and how that is going to define them. Mm-hmm. Um, that that they are not whole until they are a part of somebody else. Yeah. Um, and and that's and and that was what I tried to to tap into and to do. And and then you know. Uh, 
again, to, to be opposite somebody like Morgan Weed, who's doing uh, her thing is to say, like, how do these people interact? And it, and I think that what we found and, and why this was a show about a sociopath is that nobody's really connecting. Uh-huh. Nobody is actually connecting to other people. They are just sort of like doing what they are supposed to do. And that lack of connection is what was so, I think, alarming and what made people and audiences uncomfortable. And that was kind of the point. Uh-huh. How did you figure out how to say his name? Um, again, that was a th- that was I didn't say it like that in the beginning, and then I said it one night a little bit, and it got a chuckle, and I was like, "Uh oh." <laughs> and that was another one where Rupert was like, "Helena," and I was like, "No, it's working." <laughs> Sorry, well, I can't. Well, what was the lead character's name? Uh, Patrick Bateman. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, by the way, I can't even do it anymore because it was like Patrick, and like I'm serious, like. <laughs> Patrock, like, just lazy, like, can't get it to do it quite, you know what I mean? Do you know that it has been a dream of mine for a hundred years? And she said it, and I started, I did it on once, and I was like, can I pull this off every time I say his name? And I started doing it every time, and I was like, oh, this is, and this is where I start to feel myself, like, circle a drain, because I can see associate directors be like, oh, Anna, or like, or like Susan even like, no, 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 no. I feel like I've developed these bad habits from Brooks, Brooks Ashmanskis, who I think is easily my favorite actor on the planet. And he, uh, and it's, you know, anyway, so yeah, so I, I discovered it one night and I was like, <laughs> and then the next, and then I, and then I, and then I went too far, far. I think once I was like, Patrick. <laughs> That audience That's did the not. That's the ringtone. I must folks. have done that on like a Sunday matinee because they were like, "We don't get that." It's Patrick. <laughs> oh my God, Helena York! I am so obsessed with you. <laughs> what do you want to do? Like, what do you? What is happening with you? You know, I, I I'm gonna keep plugging away. I want to do theater again, but you know, it's hard to to. Uh, wiggle it in I do a show called Graves that we shoot in New Mexico and I just I was doing that this summer and I just got back and that starts airing in October and so when you've got these sort of things floating around it's hard to be able yeah. to to do that I want somebody to write a play <laughs> this is like everybody's dream so I can't believe I'm even <laughs> saying this on a podcast to people that people will hear like how gross but like you know I'm like oh I just want somebody to like write a play that they do in a theater and they're like oh Helena would be so stupid in this and then just you know I'll audition <laughs> if I had any talent I would write that play tomorrow I did recently something that was like the greatest thing ever we did a benefit concert of kiss me Kate oh wow and I played Bianca and I lived in terror of not being able to do that list song correctly <laughs> <laughs> and then watched Kelly O'Hara play Kate and just was like sat in the background and listened to her I mean I think that what's amazing about theater and about being a theater person (laughs) is that no matter where you go in your life no matter where your career takes you no matter what other professional experiences you have theater for all of its craziness and the difficulty of doing eight shows a week is something that always 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 gets you again because there is absolutely nothing like it and it puts you through hell but it's the most delicious it's the most delicious work 
on on the planet and and the people that do it are so interesting. Like people ask me what's it like to work with Jen Damiano. Jen Damiano's an actual genius. If you yeah. want to talk about being excited, what is Jen Damiano going to do next? Right, yeah. Like won't you stand in line to go see that because of course. that voice is so ridiculous. Yeah. It's like and and I just went and saw my friend Max Jenkins in a play in Los Angeles called The Big Night. It's this this new Paul Rudnick play in LA. And I think Max Jenkins, who I did a show called High Maintenance with, we played um, Best Friends on it. Um, I think Max is the funniest person on the planet. And going to see people like that in theater, you're just like, oh man, I need to get back up there and do yeah. it. I need to get back up there and do it. So it's just like, what is that next thing going to be? Because wow. after getting to do things that, yes, I make, you know, I've had a career of musicals that are open for eight seconds. <laughs> but I'm really excited and proud that those were the things that I got to do. You did the good fight. Yes. You were the girlfriend? Is that right? Yes. Okay, first of all, I was obsessed. Okay, well, I auditioned for that because I was like, to play Rose Leslie's girlfriend? Like, yeah. do we get to kiss? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll go in for that. Oh, is it coming back? Um, Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you on? I don't know. Oh, my Maybe. God. Of course you are. You have to be. Um, uh, Rose is like an actual heavenly English angel. And Mark Sachs cast that. And he and he was mentioned by Julia Murney because he directed oh. something that Julia Murney did. Oh, and he's right, a yeah, big yeah. theater fan. And right. so you they go into that waiting together. room and there's like 25 people in the waiting room and you run into like 25 people. You know oh, everybody there. Yeah. So, yeah. I loved The Good Fight. I was so into it. I got The Good Fight because of American Psycho. You did? One thing always leads yeah. to another. Oh, wait. Leslie Margarita told me to ask you about meeting her on Craigslist. Okay. How did you meet Leslie? Tell me that it was Let a lesbian me... hookup situation. No, better. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I'm like framing it as better. It's not better than a lesbian hookup situation. Nothing is. Um... She, I put so I've always had really good luck with Craigslist for like roommates. No, for getting my apartment filled when I went on tour was like oh. I, I was shooting Masters of Sex at the time in LA, and so I needed somebody to live in my house kitchen apartment. And I got an email from somebody called Queen Leslie. Yes, of course. And it was in all caps. <laughs> That's how she lives her life. And she was like, "Hi, is it still available?" <laughs> she was like belting at me in this email. And I was like, and she's like, I'm doing a show. And I was like, oh my God. She was doing Matilda. And I was like, who is this? And I looked her up and she had an Olivier award. And I could not believe that I had on Craigslist met the perfect match for a subletter. (laughs) So Leslie Margarita lived in my apartment while she opened um, Matilda on Broadway. And she... um, you know, it, it, now uh, with is easily maybe the funniest Twitter feed that oh, I yeah. follow. Helena York, I love you so much. You were everything I dreamed. You I would feel be. like I talked about nothing and everything. I love it. <laughs> um, but you said you come back. Do you come back someday? I will definitely come back. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. I might come back. You guys, BroadwayCon 2018 is basically next weekend. Okay, just kidding. It's actually January 26th to the 28th. But that's like right around the corner. So I've said this before, but beyond the panels and the celebrity sightings and the sing-alongs and the adorable people walking around in their alphabet costumes, one of my most favorite things about BroadwayCon is the mass coming together of very diverse but like-minded people. I don't need to tell you that this was a rough week. On Monday, I got an email from a woman named Rebecca. It said this, Patrick, I love your podcasts so much. I don't know if you're looking for them anymore, but I've heard you asking people to record BroadwayCon stories. Today, when so little made sense, I was so grateful for my friend Gio, who brings daily joy to my life and much love on days like today. I met him at BroadwayCon, so I thought I'd share that story. Here's Rebecca. 
I love BroadwayCon for so many reasons, but here's a story I wanted to share. I sat down on the panel, and while waiting for it to start, I hit it off with the guy next to me. We talked about Broadway, and before I knew it, the panel had ended. He friended me on Facebook, and we haven't stopped talking since. Gio is now one of my closest friends, and when we say or do the same thing, we regularly say, hashtag twins. I will be forever grateful to BroadwayCon for introducing me to someone I know will be a friend for life. Tickets for BroadwayCon 2018 are now on sale and have never been cheaper. You can find tickets and information, including super reasonable hotel deals for that weekend, at broadwaycon.com. Theater People is a production of Theater Podcast Productions. To see all the shows we make, including our newest true crime comedy podcast called True Crime Obsessed, check us out at theaterpodcastproductions.com. Today's episode was produced by Mike Jensen and me. Mike edited this episode. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Robbie Roselle, Ty Williams, Cynthia Wallach, and Carol Spellman. Thanks also to Steve Tipton, Eric Emsch, Keith Allen Herzog, Max Sadaka, Grace Fromm, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back next week with my podcast soulmate, the host of the Hamilcast and co-host of True Crime Obsessed, Jillian Pensavalli. Jillian is going to tell us all about that time last month that Lin-Manuel Miranda came over to her apartment, got drunk, and did a four-hour interview with her. Until next time, mwah! man comes on. I wish I was Sutton Foster's boyfriend. <laughs> Um, she's another one that I saw at a, at the gym and I was like, hi, I'm so sorry. Um, seeing Thrilly Modern Million like totally made my life. And I just think that you're amazing. And, um, and she was like, uh-huh. And I was just like, okay, so, but, um, okay, bye. Could not put a sentence together. Born a gay man. Born a gay man. I mean, I literally recently had pizza sitting next to Julia Murney and was like, oh my God, I'm hanging out with Julia Murney. <laughs>